I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. No, 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 no. I'm the doctor. I'm Shelby. I'm Kelsey. And today we're going to be talking about Fugitive of the Jadoon. And before we launch right into talking about the episode, I want to read a quote from Chris Chibnall, the showrunner, about it. By the way, spoilers ahead. Well, yes. We're about to tell them everything about this episode. (laughs) If you haven't seen the episode, please go watch it before you listen to our podcast. Okay, I just said, now we're good. All right. Anyways, this quote by Chris Chibnall. Um, the important thing to say is, she is definitely the doctor. There is not a sort of parallel universe going on. There's no tricks. Joe Martin is the doctor. That's why we gave her the credit at the end, which all new doctors have the first time you see them. Okay. So, let's back up first, because we should start at the beginning, where the doctor finds the Jadoon trying to go to Earth to find a fugitive which is something that the Jadoon have done before, although they took part of Earth to the moon in order to do so. Yes, and, you know, Jadoon platoon on the moon. Yes. And, uh, but, you know, obviously the Doctor made it very clear that they're not allowed to do that again, so it kind of makes sense that they didn't this time. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's interesting that her psychic paper works on them. I guess they are kind of a, a, a less intelligent I mean, I, race of... Yeah, I mean, I would call for them as geniuses, and geniuses... I mean, it works on humans. Look through it. Yeah. <laughs> True, it does work on humans. Some alien races get psychically trained so they can see through the psychic paper. Yeah. You would think the police, that would be like basic police training. You would think that, but (laughs) they might not be smart enough to be able to do it. Mm. Definitely. Um, Any rate, so the Jadoon actually have zeroed in on this couple... Well, the guy, we think, they did a really good red herring. Really kind good of red herring with thing him. going on where they have that annoying, like, barista or barista, I don't know what the male version of that yeah, is. Yeah, um, Who, thankfully, is no longer in the gene pool. <laughs> and I don't think that he procreated prior to this. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, so for, first of all, what a creep. <laughs> I mean, you know, the guy just, like, giving her the dossier. <laughs> And being like, I've been spying on and researching your husband. And I didn't realize at that like, point that he was actually your husband. I thought they were just dating. And then we find out later, like, no, they're married. But then we find out later, no, they're actually not married. He's like her protector. Her companion, yeah. Definitely her and, companion. Yeah, so. That was, I when I first saw this episode, I kind of felt like that's where it was going. Because they were, I mean, they did mention that he that the companion was eradicated. So once they said that, it was like, okay, something's up. And upon watching it a second time, now I'm realizing what that badge of honor that was so important to the companion, which really was not important to the companion. It was important to the doctor. But that really screws with the timelines. That's all I'm going to say. 
What does the badge of honor mean? The badge of honor is a badge that was originally a badge that a previous companion had. And that previous companion had no longer been on the TARDIS. So it's kind of interesting that that badge was... It was like a, a clue. But the thing is, is that it didn't look exactly like the original badge. Um, so I don't know if it was meant to be that badge. Um, mathematical genius would be the, the badge it was. Um, oh, Adder? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I, I'm guessing that's what it was supposed to be. Now, if that's the case, and I, I'm not sure if everybody saw that part or remembered seeing that part, but my question is, okay, if that's, if that's with the doctor, then this doctor has to have come at least after... The fifth doctor. Well, no, I, I I don't think that that was necessarily what the... Well, where's the badge come from? Like, what... Is it an Earth badge? Is it a Gallifrey badge? The, the badge was a badge that a previous companion had. Yeah, but that where was, did that companion get it? They got it from their home planet for Mathematical Genius, I believe. What planet? Uh, oh, gosh, we're going back a ways. Um, but not Earth. No, it was... Uh, Full Circle was the story. I think it started with an it's, M. It's in E-Space. Okay, um, so it's, it's, it, it, it's a, a random planet. Yeah, it's Adric's home planet, basically. Okay. Um, it's, well, I didn't know if it was tied to the Gallifrey thing, because that was the other interesting thing, was that the, like, I mean, that's the other thing that makes it, it seem like there's two timelines going on. Even though there's not parallel universes, there could be two, obviously two timelines going on at the same time. And either they're in the past or way in the future where they no longer remember the past. Yeah, all right. So I think that it seems the most likely that Ruth is not in the Doctor's future because th- there just are a lot of things. There's that Ruth and Ruth's contemporary Time Lady, um, Gat, both were totally lost at the references to both times Gallifrey got destroyed. And if they didn't remember the first time that that happened, then that they clearly didn't live through it or they both had their memories erased, which seems unlikely. And also Ruth didn't recognize the sonic screwdriver. So it can't have been in there either. It is likely that it's a previous incarnation, but there's the other possibility that Ruth doesn't remember things that have happened or that things that might happen because the timeline surrounding the Doctor has been messed with. Don't forget, if we go back to see the, the first episode, we've got this very cryptic message. Don't believe everything you see. And here's the other part is another, a second time we've heard the reference to the timeless child. We know that that's in some way connected to this lie about everything that we believed was a lie thing that the master talked about. And just given the name Timeless Child makes me think that time works differently than how it's been established to work throughout the entirety of the show. Well, then you have the memory wipe tool where, I mean, I was thinking like, what if it didn't restore Joe or is is it Joe? Joe's doctor. She... Did the memory wipe again to escape, and then she dies, and then she regenerates. Like, would the next doctor remember her at all if she had her memory wiped? Possibly not, but there's 
the problem with this is that you've got to figure out, okay, where in the timeline would she come? We've already established that almost every single doctor has changed into the next doctor because we've all seen it. There's only one regeneration that we never saw, and that was uh, Patrick Troughton to John Pertwee's. Now, but hang on, because she can't be in there, because we know when the doctor ran out of his, on his 13th regeneration. So... We know that there were, between, you know, the 13th Doctor and the end of the 11th Doctor, maybe, there were 13 maybe regenerations. The doc- maybe the Doctor's not just the 13 incarnations. Maybe she's 26. Right, so that's what I'm saying, is there had to have been something before then. Right. I mean, obviously, the big question is, the first question that comes to mind is, is the Doctor the timeless child? It seems a little too obvious but, I mean, that would be the first question that would come up in this episode. But, um, I mean, there's just a lot well, of... Well, I mean, here's the other thing, is that it's not just the Doctor that this stuff is messed with. We know that Gat is from the, the past, past or a different timeline or something. Well, and also the Doctor is working for Gat, for what seems to be the Time Lords. Yeah. So it's possible that... That this incarnation comes from a whole set of incarnations that happened before the first Doctor. That would probably be the most logical sense because it allows the timeline to remain the same. The first Doctor is the first Doctor that he remembers, and the first time that he becomes a he too, I guess maybe. Well, we don't. Maybe know. I mean uh, we, we maybe, really don't know. Do we know if they have started a new cycle? If they remember everything that happens in the previous cycle? The last time it happened, yes, but there's no reason to assume that that couldn't have been changed. Well, well, we, and I mean, again, do we do we even really know that Galfrey is actually destroyed, or is it some trick that the Master is playing as well? Like maybe these are future ones, and the Master is basically just like. Put up a fake burning city or yeah, a hologram of some kind because so, he knows she's going to go there immediately. Like, has she been back really? And has she, like, explored it more to confirm that this is actually real? Or, or another possibility is that a future adventure allows the destruction of Gallifrey never to have happened. Not necessarily that the Doctor interferes with what happened, but because of certain events that take place before it. Maybe that has something to do with it. Or the timeless child has something to do with it. I mean, also, I gotta say, I mean, I'm not convinced that Gallifrey's destroyed. I mean, all we've seen so far is that the Citadel was destroyed and the surrounding city. And granted, that's their biggest city, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, mean, yeah. A city's not a planet. Is the master the doctor? Like, maybe he's, like, another... Regenerate. Like, if, if we have all these interactions, like, could every Time Lord actually just be the doctor? In a different timeline, I and they don't. If she doesn't remember of this timeline, then how many other timelines does she not remember? Like, could there just be like an unlimited amount of doctors running around? That seems to be less likely, especially if they're one of the same person. Yeah, um, because these two acted a lot alike. I mean, especially well, like like that. that moment where Ruth grabs. <laughs> the doctor's hand and is like, come on, you're going to love this and stuff. I mean, that's just like classic move on pulling a companion in and like all of the ways that, you know, even some of the way she acted before um, she became the doctor again, like. 
you know, just, just, it was very in keeping with the personality. And that's different from a lot of Time Lords we've seen where the personalities are not the same at all. Um, one thing I wanted to point out about the previous incarnations before the First Doctor is that there is a story called The Brain of Morbius, which actually does dive into the possibility of previous Doctors before the First Doctor. And this was back in 1970s with Tom Baker's Doctor. So, as a matter of fact, 1976, I believe? 75 or 76. And they, um, 76, definitely. Um, they, um, they did kind of show a whole bunch of other faces when the Doctor goes up against Morbius, another, um, another Time Lord that's turned into a big, uh, cre- uh multi, multi, uh, limbed creature from different, different, planets and different creatures all together. It's weird. At any rate, it's, it's a very big Frankenstein moment. But basically the story does, does give the possibility of there being previous Doctors. And also with the sort of like having previous future Doctors that being really, really muddled kind of might actually explain Tom Baker's reappearance in the 50th anniversary. He shows up as the Doctor, but he's like, an old man, which the which Tom Baker never was as the Doctor, and he's like clearly the Doctor, and he's clearly the Doctor from the future, and he just like is there for one scene and just like, you know, talks and then goes away type of thing, and um, it's never really explained. It's just sort of like, oh well. Yeah, maybe when they regenerate, they go to that other dimension instead of actually <laughs> dying. <laughs> There's also the possibility that this all could be taking place in The Matrix. No, because Chris Chibnall said it was all real and there's no trick. Ah, he said that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. There's no trick and it's all real. And there's no parallel universes. But my question is, can it be undone? or Or is it something that's going to be established as something that's already been done and it's just... But it doesn't make sense that it's interfering with what's going on now. Because that typically the Time Lords aren't supposed to run into themselves. Yeah, but she ran into her when she was, you know, human. Right. So that might break whatever that thing is. Well, how long does it take to get your memory back, like your full memory back when that... Immediately. Okay, so it's not possible that she's, like, slowly remembering things mm-hmm. and just suddenly going to be like, oh, wait, yeah, I was that doctor. No, it's like that. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, like, past, potentially past people, but actual past people, we see the return of Captain Jack. Yes. Which we've been kind of, like, talking about Especially all, you. all season of, like, where is he? They're bringing back all these other things. Why can't they bring back somebody good for once? And then they actually did this episode. I straight up. Honest God, screamed like a teenage fangirl when he came on the screen. I even knew. I recognized his voice and I was like, oh my God, it's him and he showed up on the screen. I was like, (laughs) Everybody recognized his voice. Kelsey recognized it. Jace recognized it. You recognized it. I immediately heard it and I'm like, well, this is where Captain Jack comes back. (laughs) It's a shame that he wasn't fully back, although four would be even more crowded. Actually, no, it would be kind of cool to see him on the TARDIS oh, it with, would be with so Jodie cool. Whittaker. I hope when he said that, you know, it may not be soon, that's not like, uh, this is his only appearance this season, and I really hope that he comes back I, again. I feel like he's, obviously the Cybermen are going to make a reappearance this season, and in doing so, I'm assuming he's also going to be make a reappearance. And well, Chris Chibnall has already claimed that 
that John Barrowman will not be in the rest of the season. What? Aww. So my guess is that it's probably going to be next season that he comes back. How honest has he been about? This is true. He's Chris, been honest. Chris Chibnall doesn't need to be honest. He's got he he doesn't want to give anything away. He doesn't need to be honest. No. Well, I mean, he could no. be trying to throw us off the trail too. You know? Yeah, but that's that doesn't tend to be the. He's a showrunner of a fictional show, so being honest is not necessary because everything he's telling us in the story is not actually happening. Okay, thanks. Or is thanks, it? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just well, totally ruined so, the movie. So, so here, here's kind of how I feel about the whole thing is that I'm a little wary because I don't quite trust Chibnall to wrap this up in an acceptable way. If this if this was a reveal or like an episode that came in from like Russell T Davies or Stephen Moffat, I would be like completely on board and be like, yeah, this is going to be awesome, whatever it ends up being. But this, I'm like, God, please let this not ruin everything. Well, here's the thing, though, is that in this particular instance, we've got to think about exactly what this particular episode does for us. I mean, you got to look at the plot. Okay, the plot was pretty straightforward and pretty good, actually. I mean, it, it kind of resurrected a lot of Doctor Who's past, especially from the David Tennant era. This is very David Tennant era uh, savvy, I should say. Um, and it really kind of played with the emotions because you're bringing back Captain Jack, you're bringing back the Jadoon, you're bringing into the play another doctor that we've never seen. In, in fact, even the doctor looking at uh, the TARDIS and having that reaction that looked almost exactly like Sarah Jane encountering the TARDIS in the David Tennant's first season and being like, oh my God, it's the doctor. Well, <laughs> I mean, and, and also you have a lot of emotion going on with the companions. Like, the Joe doctor's companion sacrifices himself for her and dies and yeah. like, talks about how much he loves her and stuff. And then at the end, you see the three companions being like, we're a family, we're behind you, Doctor, you are a good person. So, I mean, like, yeah, like, there was a lot of emotion in this episode and a lot of, like, trying to, I don't know, tie characters together yeah, and, and, and form a stronger core in a way. And also, it was kind of, I thought, an interesting highlight of companions in the lack of them when the Doctor and... Uh, Ruth Doctor, Joe Doctor, um, new, new Doctor, were uh, <laughs> interacting because, like, I feel like if any any companion had been there, <laughs> they would have been like, "All right, hang on, you go through and describe all your previous regenerations. You go through and describe them. Let's talk about people you know. Who here knows the Master? <laughs> you know, who here knows Susan? And just like start at the beginning and start like running through like what do you know about it and like try to work out from there where it could be. You know, but, but of course the Doctor never would because the Doctor needs companions to ask the obvious questions because. She doesn't. Well, but <laughs> there wasn't function. really time. It was all like events were going on, and it was yeah. Like, there but wasn't like time to chat. Well, when the, when the things were kind of over, and you know Ruth Doctor kicked her out of the TARDIS. I mean, they could have stopped and talked for a few minutes there. I mean, I understand why they didn't for the show, and also because the characters don't fit in that way. I just thought it was an interesting note since we were talking about companions that that's a role the companions always play and them not being there meant that we didn't get a lot of information yeah well and I wonder if that's also what was messing with Captain Jack's beam is like if there were two doctors there then maybe it's like 
What? Well, it well, could no, be he, any of these people. He knew that the Jadoon had their barrier up, so that was causing problems to begin with. But you're right. Maybe he it was trying... Well, at that point, she hadn't become the doctor, so she was still registering as human, so I don't know that that... I don't know. I yeah. Mean, I also thought it was really funny that, like... Jack got attacked by nanogenes, especially since we just watched the empty child and doctor dances where nanogenes are like the, the main villain. villain. And the hero. Yeah, what's going on with the nanogenes in this episode? It's like uh, they were movie. attacking him because he stole the ship. Oh, of course, <laughs> me and nanogenes. Yeah, what the is last it? episode, last time he was introduced, he had also stolen a ship <laughs> <laughs> with nanogenes on it. <laughs> and it had something to do with somebody that he slept with, which was clearly implied in this one, too. <laughs> in other words, Captain Jack hasn't changed at all. Oh my gosh, I know, and it was brilliant. I mean, him just jumping in, it looked... I'm, I'm so glad that we just did the first season, because this is just like... Yeah. It, it really does. He flows, like, directly. And that kiss to Graham... Oh, my God. ...was, was, was so in line with Car- uh, Captain It looked character. just like the kiss that he the gave kiss. the ninth Doctor. Exactly. And the fact that he thought Graham was the Doctor at first and then found out that, that it's really a woman, he, his his whole face lights up like a little kid. <laughs> and so I, I could see... Um, John Barrowman's perfect for that role. Oh my God, and Graham's reaction. <laughs> She's like, have we met? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's realistic. I yeah. mean, Graham was, I mean, married to a woman, so having a guy that's out of um, nowhere... Okay, it doesn't matter if you're attracted to him or not. Having a guy you've never met before just run up and kiss no, him is a shocking thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm getting at. It's just weird. Yeah. Well, we've got our first black doctor. Yay! But maybe it's, Jody's not the first female doctor, so all of this stuff we've been talking about <laughs> is no longer relevant. She's the first doctor in our timeline that we understand. Obviously, now we've been opened up to the possibility that there are multiple doctors that we don't even know about. The problem that I do have with this is that you're intru- it's a really cool way to introduce a doctor, but then it feels like okay now, now Ruth Doctor or Doctor A maybe we'll, we'll have a whole letter system now. Doctor A will will not get a full series, kind of like Paul McGann. So is she going to be another George Lazenby of Doctor Who because she's in only maybe one or two episodes, or is she literally going to be the next Doctor we get to go on an adventure with after Jodie? I have a feeling she's yeah. going to be a, a random like maybe show up in a couple more episodes, but. Even this episode, it kind of wrapped up the story. and I feel like, she, like she's going to show up for the season finale because that's, I mean, they definitely have some loose ends on uh, how did this happen and what's going on. But that doesn't mean she's going to show up. It could yeah, but I mean, why the doctor would discovers what could happened. be next season that they resolve everything. Maybe. I mean, this is an ongoing series, so yeah, but, we but, only but have but five I mean, episodes left. That's true, but this, I don't know, this has season arc written all over it. It does, but... But it, I feel like the arc is more related to Galifrey than... Yeah, and, and the... Em, or, not Empty Child, the... Timeless, timeless Child. Timeless Child. Uh-huh. Is what I think is yeah, but I, I, related to. I think that that's all related to... And the Cybermen, and now we have, like, a Doctor new show. plot that's yeah. supposedly maybe going to happen this season, but maybe that's just, like, a teaser for next season. Have you seen the Cybermen yet? Doesn't Rory become a Cyberman? Oh, Yeah. So hopefully but we don't no, see him no, again. No, he's an Auton. Oh, okay. I was like, oh God, I hope we don't see him again. <laughs> he, 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 he does fight the cyber, a Cyberman in that. 
Does he? Sort of. Well, he stabs it with a sword. Yeah, okay. the Cyberman is in, in that particular episode. That's why I thought you, you yeah. met. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I thought he... Which, which one is... So he's... Okay, never mind. That's... Okay, well, for ratings tonight, since Colin's not here, I'm going to go first. So, I'm going to say that... I know, what? <laughs> Just to, to confuse everybody. But um, but this is in honor of Colin. Sorry, Colin, you're not here. You're uh, He's off on a business trip. Yeah, he's not dead or anything. He's, no, no, he's he'll, he'll be back. At <laughs> any rate, um, this particular episode was a whirlwind of surprises. It was also a very beautifully shot uh, episode. I thought the shot with the Jadoon ship pointed at the Earth, and then the whole going around the lighthouse with Jody on top was just absolutely gorgeous cinematography for this particular episode. The special effects were on par beautifully the, even the even the deaths of everybody were so well done graphically um, that you I mean it really made you feel like oh my god they just died right in front of me um, the uh, the music was intense the acting for uh, for Ruth's doctor and for the 13th doctor was incredible especially the 13th doctor finding out that this person is the doctor and basically he's saying, what? <laughs> just like David Tennant used to. Um, I just, everybody just, the whole thing just came together very well. And so I would have to say this is probably Chris Chibnall's finest moment. I'm going to be giving this a 9.5 out of 10. All right. You're going last. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Um, now, just to confuse you. <laughs> so... I mean, so like I've said, I do have some reservations about where this is getting tied up, but that's not what this rating's about. It's about this actual episode. And I thought this episode was amazing. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was so excited at so many different times, you know, during it. I had no idea what was, you know, going to happen when Ruth came out and just you know, beat up the Jadoon, it just, it blew my mind. I did not see that coming at all. It was very well done with uh, her companion, Lee, as the red herring for it. And man, what a guy that, you know, didn't look that great when it started and turned out to be a really amazing individual. And I, that scene where, you know, the doctor's meet as the doctors and are dealing with that is one of the most brilliant scenes I think I've seen. And I think that this was a really, really great episode. I think that, yes, there were loose ends, but they were like, obviously intentional loose ends because they're going to wrap them up later. And I very felt Stephen like Moffat. very Stephen Moffat. Yeah. And I felt like the, you know, the dialogue was snappy. I thought that, um, Joe did a great job as the new doctor, especially because I've I've seen it twice now and watching it the second time after knowing the reveal, it just became more clear what a great job she did when she was, you know, the doctor as a human and stuff in it. And uh, I think it was very well done. I'm going to give this one a 10. I loved it. Well, I'm giving this a just um, so I I agree with what they said. I really enjoy this episode. Um, even somebody who doesn't like necessarily know all the past doctors as well or as much about regeneration and like all the past stuff, I found it really exciting. Um, I was on my toes the whole time. I didn't feel like like I just felt like the episode just smote the flowed really smoothly 
and it was very entertaining. I like that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We might have to bring that point down on that Um, I liked bringing back Captain Jack. I'm a little sad to hear that he might not be coming back this season, but I've been asking for it all season, so thank you. (laughs) Um, And overall, like, this kind of... The last two episodes, really, have kind of, like, made me actually like this season a lot and I wasn't expecting to I hadn't seen the first season with Jody, but I had heard it was kind of like terrible yeah not that great <laughs> so my expectations have been really low but like so far I've been really pleasantly surprised and this episode was definitely I think the best episode of this season so I'm also going to give it a 9.5 all, All right. right, so well, there we go. Let us know what you guys think, especially if you have any theories about, um, you know, this whole new Doctor thing going on that we haven't discussed here. We would love to hear them. Absolutely. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, or you can write us at thehoovianreview at gmail.com. Hey, everyone. Bye. Adios. Bye.